All right, guys, welcome back to the Fitness in Philosophy podcast. Today, we are going to be discussing misinformation and fitness. James, how are you doing today? I'm great. Thank you. This is a uh, second part two of a couplet, or is this a, yeah, it's a couplet. Yeah, yeah. yeah couplet, information and misinformation. And this is episode 48. We are two away from 50. I'm 48 years of age. Yeah. Uh, so, Yeah. That's, that's cool. 50. I can't believe it. That's crazy. It is crazy. Yeah. That's a lot of conversations. That is a lot of conversations. That's a lot of hours for the future, for the future people to look back on. Um, Yeah. Yeah. We literally started right as COVID hit. Like just like, just like a week. We were like everyone else, right? We're going to leave the city and go to the farm and go online and spread yeah. and spread information. Yes. I, in fact, I think our first call, if I remember. We're part of the laptop class. And the laptops will be ordering the, uh, as the article said, or you said, uh, ordering the sheeps and the uh, cows. <laughs> you just be inside your house on the farm punching. <laughs> yeah, drones flying around outside. Um, I think our first call was supposed to be, yeah, there was like the day where like the NCAA shut down and like the NBA and flights from China and like our call, first call was supposed to be on that Friday. And then like you and your family were driving back from San Diego to Arizona. And then we, the first one like that next week. Yeah, man, I got to go back and listen to that just to see the, 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 uh, interspersed, uh, conversation around, the mindset at the time. Yeah. No, it's on your delivery at your door. <laughs> that's back when people were uh, bleaching their groceries. And uh, that's what know. I meant. I mean, we yeah. were just like, yeah, we didn't know what the hell was going on. Yeah. Putting double garbage bags over their body. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Good times. Yeah. Good times. So, anyway, we're two away from 50. So, excellent. Um, so just a, a couple quick things up front. Um, so yeah, if you guys like the podcast, uh, leave us a review. Let us know what you think. Uh, tell a friend, uh, someone who you might think uh, might enjoy what we're doing. Send it to them. Yeah. Or a five-star, uh, only five-star reviews. Only five-star reviews, yes. Yeah. yes. With no criticisms or... Uh, nope. No. Nope. No. And uh, yeah, we'll we'll get into explaining that down the road, why... We don't want any uh, anything less than a five star. Yeah, that's all. Anything less than a five star is fake news. So, misinformation. Uh, if you guys hate uh, pickleball and e-bikes as much as we do, uh, you can pick up a couple uh, t-shirts that we designed on uh, tpublic.com. Uh, I'll put a link in, but yeah, the pickleball one is it's just lazy tennis, and the e-bike one is uh, e-bike is just sad face. Bad face, yeah. Yeah, I can't wait down the road where where you uh, open up our episodes and there's like 17 different ones. If you like this, if you like this, if you agree with us on this, if you like this, if you, th- you know, buy our 17 version of shirts at Tee Public. So what is the next one, do you think? What are we going to pick on? I think it's actually, it was a good idea from uh, either last time or the time before, the free mover, free thinker. Yeah. Necessarily right. a criticism of anything, but just kind of a, well, I guess... Indirectly, but more yeah. a positive kind of spin on things. So, 
Well, we can do that, or we could just have, uh, you know, <laughs> we could have, uh, uh, we dislike stupid things in fitness. I don't know. We could go that route, you know? Yeah. Got to, got to stick with the, you know, like the, the, the stupid, you know, st stupid, stupid exercises with a big circle around it, cross through like something like that, you know? Yeah. I don't know. We could with the hate and the criticism because that's the that's what sells. Yeah, that's right. Bud. That's yeah. right. That's the sexy stuff. Yeah, that's the sexy stuff. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, if you guys have any ever have any questions, uh, comments, topics you want us to discuss, you can email us at fitnessinphilosophy, just the name of the show, at gmail.com. At first, we should have done p h i t n e s s. That's what we should have called the show. I just thought about that. Um, that may be against like all, you know, uh, fundamental values inside of like naming a philosophy, but uh, I don't know. Kind of it's like not too that. late. P-H-I-T-N-E-S-S. -S. Yeah. I think we got something there. Oh, I think we may have a t-shirt. Yeah. I think um, just as soon as we get popular enough that people start aping our stuff and using the name fitness and philosophy because that's in the public domain yeah we use that i mean that's how people get trademarks right is with the different spelling so the phi so it's fitness and philosophy mm. i like it i'm writing it down and if it yeah. gets written down you know what happens then it, it, it's gonna happen hey you know what if we ever get to you know my mom who's a lawyer used to have a saying it's like uh Although I'd be careful with this one because I don't, I don't know that I actually want it to happen. But it's like, if someone's suing you, it means you're successful. You yeah. Know what I mean? Oh, yeah. for sure. Yeah. yeah. To, to a certain extent. So. Um, yeah, and that old that old uh, idea of um, what is it the if the haters uh, or if you're causing some confusion, it probably means you're doing something right or you know. Yeah. Along those lines, yeah. If you got a bunch of people drinking a uh, a gallon of haterade a day, coming after you, then uh, yep. you yep. probably are doing something correct. Yeah. All right. So uh, we're gonna do. I'll do a very quick review of kind of what we talked about last time with information. Then we'll launch into the misinformation, disinformation stuff. Which, um, thank you again. Uh, James sent along a really great resource. Uh, you know, that kind of explain the distinction between misinformation and disinformation. This is exactly what philosophers do, right? Is they these create these distinctions. Sometimes, sometimes there are distinctions without a difference and, you know, philosophers can multiply these. But I think in this case, there's actually a legit distinction to be made that's very important. Yes. For people to understand. Yes. Um, so um, the definition of information, knowledge or facts learned, especially at a, about a certain subject or event. Um, the act of informing our condition of being formed, communication of knowledge, process, stored, or transmission, transmitted data. Um, that's kind of in the digital realm. Now, an important point that I made last time that's especially going to be true today is with regard to this idea of we got to be very careful to uh, distinguish between information and knowledge. Just as a working definition, knowledge is justified true belief. That would mean there could be no such thing as misinformation, right? So, like, that's 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 a thing. Like, you, you can't have false knowledge. That's 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 a contradiction in terms. So, um, information 
on the epistemic hierarchy, if we think of like a hierarchy of like where things stand in terms of like how much they, uh, how strong or robust they are, you know, knowledge being pretty up there is justified true belief and like opinion and, you know, uh, guess and things like that are below information is like somewhere in the middle, but it's not yet knowledge. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Great explanation. Uh, I mentioned an Einstein quote last time that I think is important, especially with what we're talking about today, right? Um, in insofar as we are awash in information. Um, so this is a quote that I used to read to my students when I was when I was teaching. Um, the value of an education in a liberal arts college is not the learning of many facts, but the training of the mind to think something that cannot be learned from textbooks. So again, the idea being, you know, facts well information today is you know it's, it's a, a dime a dozen right information is all over the place um what's going to help you sort through that when we're awash and some things that are useful and some things that are not is critical thinking being able to use your mind to sort through what what um seems right and what does not yeah, it seems that seems to be again to re rehash that uh, such a prevalent topic for today with uh you know on the the accessibility, the the uh, options, uh the amount of just the amount of information, you know, you hear terms the information highway, you know, the and uh how large that is today comparative to you know even um let's say 2005, you know. Um, you know, the information highway is just uh, so large. So that's what I think about every time you mention that is how much. I also briefly thought about, uh, as you just said that, yeah, uh, you know, just to repeat it again, but maybe if I say it, say it differently, it may, it may hit differently, but it just, it shows uh, the requirement of critical thinking, you know, and how much, and also how sad it is that it's because of the vast amount of information, you know, uh, the quote unquote individuals that are saying you need to take time to do some critical thinking can't, can't move their way amongst the information overload. Do you see the, <laughs> the paradox there, I guess, uh, in place is, with what you just said, it totally makes sense. But then I think about, well, how are people ever going to get the time to be able to decipher, you know, and, and, uh, it's just cause there's just so much. Yeah. Just wanted to rehash that for, to show the, uh, the power of just taking time to contemplate and think. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, and I think that's a great point. And, you know, we'll obviously mention critical thinking a lot today, and we've mentioned it before. I think one practical one people can just take with them that's always been one of my favorites. And, you know, there are criticisms and discussions around it. But I think can really, in terms of a concrete principle, people can take with them uh, practically throughout their life. Extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. Like, is that going to filter out everything? No. Uh, but it means you are entirely justified in withholding your assent or belief from a proposition or something that someone lobs at you, you know, aliens built the pyramids or something like that, um, until they provide sufficient evidence. There's, there's a burden of proof to be met. 
Yeah. So, and you, and you can still be epistemically, epistemically open and non-dogmatic about it. Yeah. Mm. Logically possible that aliens built the pyramid. Um, logically possible that some guy was resurrected from the dead, but that is an extraordinary claim. Mm. That is a claim that goes beyond anything any of us have ever experienced. Does it mean that it is impossible for it to, to have occurred? No, it just means that, boy, that better be backed up by some evidence. Yeah. Yeah. So I think in terms of keeping people's um, beliefs such that they're not uh, overrun, remember that when you hear an extraordinary claim from whatever source it may be, it is not your burden to disprove it. It is the other person's burden to to, to prove it. So yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That's great because it gives a uh, firepower to. Uh maybe some adults with children that are having the conversation around those things, or maybe there's some younger individual who's uh, coerced or influenced by a number of people either around them um, or around them that are older. And uh, they'll, they'll know how to deal with that, you know, the information highway or the information overload by just using that as a basic premise. So I think that's very helpful. Yeah, and I think it's important that you can you can do that without being dogmatic. You don't need to say that's what I meant. You could just yeah. sit and be like, "Oh, that's fair," you know. You're, yeah. uh, just as long. Yeah, I just keep thinking. You know, it's it's a great idea. I just try to uh, think about how many times that occurs where someone says that in a different way. Right? It's like actually, it's not my burden. You know, <laughs> it's yours. And I I just try to think about where does the conversation go for assuming what's on the other side, it's someone who is dogmatic. So it's like, how do you, you know, and that's where I just put my hands up. I'm like, we can't, <laughs> like I say often, right? It's like, we can't, we can't, we're at philosophical bedrock. We can't, we can't continue. You know, we just can't, we can't start <laughs> because you're not willing to even entertain the idea, you know? Right. Yeah. And I mean, there, there are, I mean, there are legitimate questions that can sometimes come up in these conversations about what constitutes an extraordinary claim, what, what constitutes something being out of the ordinary, but, you know, just to take a famous religious example and not to, you know, uh, take a position one way or the other, but religious or not religious, everyone who exists has to admit us seeing people resurrected from the dead is not something we see in our everyday life. That mm -hmm. is not an ordinary occurrence. Mm -hmm. Uh, does that mean it's impossible or can't happen? No, not at all. But it means it is something extraordinary. It is something mm -hmm. that goes beyond uh, the scope of what we experience. Therefore, it requires some sort of extraordinary evidence to have uh, proved it. And you can use that in the political realm or, you know, the legal realm, um, you know, innocent until proven guilty. Yeah. Right? Yeah. In a biological realm into the binary and sex binary. You can you could you could lay those things down as well. Uh, they're all not all not all going to be equal in terms of like claims and uh, and percentages of what we see uh, around us. But yeah, yeah, or something you know we've talked about before and connected with that. You know, the evolutionary framework is it is it logically possible that um, sleeping from four a.m. to six a.m. is the uh, the optimal state of the human being? Sure. But damn, you better have some evidence yeah. because everything yeah. that else that has come before about any organism is, you know, a circadian rhythm with the sun and, you know, all that stuff. So yeah. that type of idea. Yes. Yeah.
Um, another point that's really important for today, I was thinking about this more and more after I had sent the outline. We talked about how one of the central ideas with information is that it tends to reduce uncertainty. Now, of course, the dot, 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 there's the right information, mm -hmm. correct information. So, and, you know, a thought experiment here is at the theoretical limit of getting all information, uncertainty would be completely reduced to zero. So if we could know all variables about the weather, like the reason some people argue we can't you know, predict the weather past three or seven days, or even correctly, sometimes on, on you know, one day, there's just too many variables, right? Mm -hmm. But if we were to collect, you know, the spin of this particular particle and all, like if we could amass all that data, all that information, we could you know, predict exactly what's going to happen. And we can know exactly what response someone would have to work out before they, they do it or, you know, food response or something like that. What happens with misinformation and disinformation that we'll talk about is um, almost paradoxical, right? It increases certainty in the mind of the believer, but it increases uncertainty or uh it, it it like at the metaphysical like the level of reality it, it makes things worse yeah so um so you know misinformation and disinformation uh far from leading to they they may lead to more certainty in the mind of the believer um but at the level of like reality they are they are moving further and further away from the truth yeah yeah and probably closer and closer though to their stamped truth which is the sad part. Like it, it actually stamps it harder and harder, you know, right. in, the, in the terms of their perceptions, right. Of what is, what is true. And yeah, that's the, that's the downside of it. I, I, I use the example within physical fitness of the uh, behaviors and um, physical manifestations that are, that are stamped into people when they do, you know, unconscious running against the wall for 10 years right? I describe that as being the similar way where it's, it's not impossible, but it's somewhat impossible to like rewire people back out of that because they're so like, everything is just so banked on it, you know? Right. Um, you know, there's, there's no way I could exercise without having a pre-workout formula, you know, going crazy for 12 minutes, having a sugar drink after using Norma Tech an hour later, like people, you know, to, to rewire that out, very simple to say, but it's, it's a real tough, <laughs> real tough management to get back. Yeah. So I yeah. see that as the same parallel with knowledge and information. People just get so, you know, ingrained inside of what works for them. That is truthfully misinformation. It like digs them further and further and further down inside of that. And you ask those people, which we come to know, I mean, use, use the, David Duke situations, the, you know, people actually are walking around with jackets on with glasses and, and are actually think this is true, right? It's, yeah. you know, anyways, it's a, uh, it's, you, I, I like the way you put it that way because it should make us recognize that, you know, uh, humans can be coerced into that if they just if they just stick and anyways to end end up with it my my belief is the remedy is uh is uh diverse opinions and and diverse conversation that's the remedy yeah absolutely and i, I mean you hit on a very important point that relates to something we talked about last time which is this idea of like information within a context right within a framework so like 
information is just information, right? It's just, it's just data. But then if you, you know, how is that information interpreted through the lens of doing CrossFit workouts or, you know, um, you know, here's this data on my phone about, well, objectively, this is what my heart rate is. Does that mean anything? Well, to Orange Theory, it does. Yeah. You know, yeah. That, that's, that, that, that's, that's the framework, but did, did, that, did that really mean anything about it being a better workout? Yeah. Um, so those frameworks are important. And with that point, you know, whatever framework you believe in, again, whether it's religious or political or what have you, going back to some of our dogmatism discussions, it's always important to ask yourself what evidence could come before you to make you disbelieve what it is you believe doesn't mean it's actual evidence right yeah you know um yeah doesn't mean it, it, it's it's real i mean yeah if uh you know a flying saucer just broke through my windows right now and i was like hey we built the pyramids yeah be like oh you know what i'm gonna investigate that a bit more but well okay yeah here we go yeah uh, exactly something, something to consider uh but uh but like what thing could come before you to change your beliefs and if the answer is nothing well, then now we've got a tried and true case, typically of dogmatism. So mm -hmm. that's that's um, something to just kind of keep in mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good start. Um, so there are other things from the last episode that if you guys want, you guys can go back and check out, but they're not as relevant to our misinformation, disinformation thing. So I'm going to just launch into that a bit more. So yeah, this really useful um, set of distinctions uh, here between misinformation and disinformation. Let's start with the definition. So misinformation uh, is false or misleading information spread mistakenly or unintentionally. And disinformation is false information, which is intended to mislead, especially propaganda issued by a government organization to a rival power of the media. So what's the difference here? Um, you know, it's, it's really just one letter, right? Uh, when you think about it, but like, but it, it, it's, it's huge in terms of the actual meeting. So it comes down, I think, to two things, knowledge and intention. Mm -hmm. um, so if someone knows that what they are transmitting is false, typically this is the case of propaganda, right? Uh, that'd be disinformation. Um, and then does someone intend to deliberately deceive for money, power, control, what have you, that that would be disinformation. So um I, I love that yeah i uh i wrote down the words when i hear misinformation i think i i uh the mis portion makes me recognize mistaken and right. then i when i wrote down disinformation i think of uh on purpose so it was purposely you know or you know you get you get into uh as you said the the intention around what was the reasons for why they were doing it. And then you can come back to that point of information. Um, just to, just to hit home some, you know, I'm trying to find a difference between that. Maybe you can come up with it, but it's because I've just been watching some harrowing uh, films. I don't know why I end up, I think it's because they make me, they bring me back to reality. I think that's why, but I watched this, uh, it was called Berlin 1945, uh, the, the Diary of a Metropolis. And it's a documentary that's on uh, Amazon. And you can just imagine what's going on in Berlin 1945 from multiple different, like, you know, it's just, uh, yeah, it, it's actually, it's disgusting, actually, uh, the, the, how the whole thing. But anyways, what was disgusting in that, just to bring it into what people know about, but the disinformation that came from the SS and that came from Hitler himself, 
um, you know, around um, trying to tell everyone who was in Berlin at the time that, uh, you know, everything is fine. Or if you hide a Jew, you'll be, you know, uh, executed on the spot. Or if you, you know, the, these these things, um, you know, the everything is fine thing, it just go, shows, goes to show you just how corrupt and how powerful, just in case people think it's like, oh, no, people could just figure out what is this and what is misinformation. You know, it, it, sometimes it's so deep that you can't, you can't, you can't see beyond what could be misinformation as opposed to disinformation. So I think those things just show the the depth and uh, and strength in intentions behind why you're doing it. Um, yeah. Anyways, I I, I, I uh, that's the way I think of it. Is miss is just mistaken, and uh, dis is like there's intentions, there's motives. Uh, for why that information is slightly uh, coercive or different. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, I mean, I think that's a great point. And a couple thoughts there. One is, um, you know, people often forget that, you know, with Germany, this was one of the most cultured and educated countries on the face of the planet. Like I literally just come out of like, you know, a century of, you know, Nietzsche and Kant and you know all you know uh you know Beethoven and all these different you know obviously Germany as such didn't exist until you know later yeah. in that, uh, that time frame and then obviously into the 20th century but like I, I bring that up mainly to illustrate like it doesn't it doesn't just happen to those who you know uh don't have a lot of formal education or you know those who aren't uh intellectually trained it can happen even among you know, uh, a culture that's, that's very well read and, you know, um, uh, kind of an intellectual history and rich tradition. Um, and then another thing that I thought of, um, you know, so I've mentioned, uh, before that, you know, I kind of grew up with a Jewish background and I remember with uh, Hebrew school, you know, we would get shown these videos, you know, never forget. And, you know, Holocaust survivors would come in and talk, um, and, you know, you can kind of see even today, you know, Kanye and others, um, like the, the last of the, um, you know, the last of the actual like in-person survivors from the Holocaust are basically dying off. And like, you, you start to get these kind of twinges of like, oh, well, did it really happen? Was there anyone, do you know what I mean? That, that kind of stuff yeah. starts to, yeah. starts to, starts to happen, um, when that happens. So it's, you know, it's a, it's a ever present um, thing. It's something that you think, like, I remember when I was growing up, I thought, Oh, like, do we need to worry about this anymore? Everyone recognizes it. Um, but it's, it's something that can kind of rear its head again and again. And, um, you know, always need to be astute and on the lookout and apply critical thinking. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's where that's where I guess I have this little incy bit of me that sees some hope in the digitized world, because that allows um, just multiple different forms of free speech and multiple different forms of media and multiple different forms of information. Um, and it also allows to to your point, um, no matter who is, you know, the the leading advocate of history, even Ye thinks that he is. Um, you know, there's Berlin 1945 on a video on Amazon that I can get access to. So there's there's always that hedge now of like the the amount of information that's out there from the digital landscape that, you know, to your point, which I, I I'm really empathetic about, 
um, those actual living human beings who can't stand in a classroom and talk about it. Yeah, but those individuals and their their uh, their legacy that they want to leave, right, is now spread a million times over in digital yeah. you know, capture. So I think that's yeah. a positive aspect to it that um, you just uh, maybe in 1975, you know, it'd be like, oh, you know, geez, <laughs> what happens when all these um, what happened was all these people pass, um, you know, that would be a tougher one. But anyways, some positive to that is, you know, for example, I could listen to uh, Kanye, um, you know, just just speak you know, just really disgustingly. And, and, but at the same time, also hear some things inside that could be what he would call even facts, right? Uh, not, not in regards to the, uh, um, to the uh, Jewish history or, or, the, or anyways, we'll call the propaganda that he, that he was punching. But then, you know, half an hour later, I could just go over here and, and try to get, you know, uh, myself straight on the background of that, you know? Um, and where that comes from, why that would that be the case, et cetera. So anyways, um, yeah, the, the, and I just, yeah, I, I mentioned inside of there too. That's the, that's the positive thing. I think maybe of what we sometimes forget about with regards to information, information sharing, you know, in a Western uh, pluralistic dem dem democratic, you know, style of society, it certainly does allow at least some, <laughs> some little squeaking out of free press, Right. As much as we and this is where you and I may agree or disagree on a point but today, I think we will get into it, um, is just how, you know, the accessibility, though, of the the one American, we could say the accessibility of that American to information, you know, the accessibility to it. And then who is up the chain, you know, I mean, pushing specific areas of information that could actually create, you know, 81 million people to think a certain way, right? And okay. then we got to say, well, is it the 81 million people that didn't look at two other bits of information? Or is it the top down says, oh, actually, we're not going to allow you to see that information. That's right. where it gets, you see what I'm saying? That's where it gets kind yeah. of, that's where it gets kind of weird, I guess you could say. Yeah, yeah. You know, discussions around, uh, you know, China owning TikTok and like what videos are we being, you know, yeah. fed and you know, what what shows up on our for you page and and, and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. So I agree with that. Um philosophy has a connection to misinformation and different disinformation that goes all the way back, the way back to the beginning of philosophy. Um, you know, from Socrates and, and Plato, there's this distinction between uh philosophy and and sophistry. Um if someone calls you, by the way, I don't know how many people have heard this term, but if someone says you are committing sophistry or you are a sophist uh, or sophist, uh, it's not a compliment. It's not a compliment. So just, just, just beware. I'm glad, I'm glad you just hit on that point because I love using that term simply because a number of people don't know how harmful it is in terms of their intentions. Yeah. You know, I it, it's because you said it back to me, I think in a text thread, I was... I don't know what it was, but, uh, yeah, you just mentioned, you know, it's just a sophist <laughs> and I was like, yeah, damn, that stings that, but it only stung to you and I, if that makes right. sense, you know? Yeah. yeah. God, I don't even know if I should bring this up. I'm sure someone will take this out of context and, uh, but it, it's similar to, um, 
I think it was Jimmy Kimmel and Adam Carolla, like they when they first did the Man Show on Comedy Central, one of their first bits that was meant to highlight American ignorance, but also a similar word. They did a they went to a mall and they had a petition to end women's suffrage. You know, people not realizing that, of course, suffrage in that particular context means the right right to vote. So similar type thing here where, yeah, people maybe not (laughs) familiar with this uh, term. But, yeah, so if someone calls you a sophist uh, or accuses you of sophistry, uh, it's not a good thing. So, uh, you know, in kind of the ideal, you know, philosophy, Socrates, Plato, you know, it's the search for truth with no ulterior motive. Ideally, you know, Socrates was famously put to death uh for uh you know questioning a lot of the central tenets uh of you know you know what people thought about you know truth or justice or what have you and getting them to think more uh james i know you jokingly mentioned that you are our uh the, the fitness socrates and that uh we may be giving you a hemlock to, uh... I'm corru- I'm, <laughs> i was corrupting the youth down in phoenix walking around just waiting yeah. for my waiting for my execution. Uh, that's what I, I felt that from the crowd with the questions, you know, yeah. I'm being honest. It was like, gosh, just don't, don't end me because I'm, I'm uh, you feel that I could be corrupting your thoughts. You can walk and lift rocks. Death. <laughs> Death. <laughs> um, so uh, famously in a lot of Plato's dialogues, um, the, uh, the, the challenger, the, the enemy or whatever you want to call it the 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 antithesis to the philosopher is uh the sophists or sophistry intentional the idea here is an intentional misuse of argumentative tactics um to prove any point that serves their interest at the time now this so this right away you know i just can't not help but turn away from the word politic in this is that the underpinning of that is that you know cuz i just or, you know, maybe clear my mind on it or where that comes in for the definition here. Because when I see that, I think of, you know, Machiavellianism and uh, the, the, you know, just <laughs> these yeah. aspects of uh, just trying to, you know, where coercion uh, go, moves from persuasion to coercion. You know, it's, it's so any thoughts on that? Yeah, no, I think I mean, I think it can be used in lots of different realms, but I think the political realm and especially the Machiavellian thing is absolutely true. And it, you know, it keep in mind that these are, you know, the sophists, uh, these are educated people. These are people who have like learned the argumentative tactics. They know they're sophisticated enough to employ these things to manipulate and alter facts. And, you know, uh, I guess, sorry, mom, I think she'll forgive me, but the famous one today besides politics is, is, is lawyers. Not, 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 not all lawyers, you know, but like, yeah, this is, this is partly why lawyers get the reputation that they do. And I understand, you know, in a, especially in America, there's an adversarial system and you're supposed to represent your client, but there's a reason why when, uh, you know, uh, a mob boss who everyone knows, or, you, you know what I mean? Like everyone knows did the thing, but you know, we're going to get them off on a technicality. We can use this. We can use, these argumentative tactics to, um, you know, even though the witness did see the thing to throw them off their game, to say that what they're saying isn't the truth to say, Oh, well you, uh, you know, you did such and such, you slept with such, you know what I mean? Like all these things that portray it in a certain light as though they're lying when everyone knows that they're not lying. So it's the use 
of these sophisticated argumentative tactics that are otherwise can be used in for good purposely for a typically a nefarious interest. Yeah. Gosh, yeah, the good in there is the tough one, right? <laughs> like what what is the good? Um and again, it gets into vocation, right? And are they doing their job to use the lawyer example? Are they doing their job uh or do they just say, "Well, I'm out because I know what is good in this situation" as opposed to just looking at it strictly only from facts and like how to you know, and look away from good, but just only look at it as facts, right? Knowing down the road, oh yeah, we certainly need to uh, coerce this, these jur- jurors of 12 people, you know, uh, around these particular things, which is sophistry. It's it, you're, you're misusing these, uh, these things in order to sway their thoughts and ideas because you haven't allowed probably in, you know, in due time, you know, maybe there's a, a collection of facts that everyone gets to see, but maybe not, you know, so I, I, I get that. I think the first person I thought of was Sidney Powell, you know, the, the, uh, the lady that was involved with the, uh, the post-election uh, legal team for Trump, based mm-hmm. on like trying, trying to get to these, uh, you know, prove proven facts of, um, of, uh, it being stolen as opposed to like uh you know i i listen to and i have like calmly listened to people who have written books on uh, the background information of using the term rigged as opposed to stolen um and and that provides a little bit uh it's it's not a misuse of argument right it, whereas Sidney Powell and that group, and I'm just using Sidney Powell as well because it's lawyer, <laughs> she's a lawyer. Um, right. It's like, yes. Yeah, so I, uh, anyways, I'm just talking out loud of, of like great. It's a great uh, practice to kind of figure out, you know, what is sophistry and what is philosophy in those yeah. terms. It also, and I think you've I discussed this before, which actually used to go on. I remember um, reading uh, about uh, Barry Goldwater and um, and his rise. Uh, not only to the national election, but also what he did here in Arizona for, uh, let's call it, you know, conservative points of view and and what happened in the uh, in the state here. But um, it was it was well known back then that they would have in their corner uh, philosophers, right? They would have people in their quote unquote think tanks or like backroom scenario that were never in the forefront, but they were people that would ask, you know, hard questions. And then when they'd come to the front, obviously it's like, well, hmm, you know, how can I, how can I, I, I do that? But it doesn't seem like that's a prominent thing today that, uh, you know, yeah, like whoever the, much. whoever the president is stepping up is like, Oh, here's my scientific advisor. And here's our philosopher. <laughs> yeah. Definitely not as much, uh, objective reality and facts are, uh, not as in vogue mm-hmm. today. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I think those are a number of great points and uh, a couple thoughts there. One would be, um, you know, philosophy versus sophistry. You know, uh, keep in mind it's a spectrum, right? Is, is there any person who's perfectly like the search for truth with no ulterior motive? I don't know. But uh, there are people who are sure shit a lot closer to that than the other side of the spectrum. That that I can say. So it's not mm-hmm. necessarily one or the other, um, you know, and we want to you know, ideally, to the extent one has integrity and and honesty, you know, lean more towards that side of things, uh, whereas the other side of things, which is much more like, oh, I 
you know, as James, as you've discussed a number of times, or I need the money or I need the power, or I need the what have you, um, using argumentative tactics uh, and seeming philosophical arguments to prove a point, but really that serve a nefarious interest. And as we'll talk about, you know, uh, fitness is is filled with sophistry uh, as, a, as a profession. Um, uh, just a little interesting anecdote. I think I mentioned we're under Wikipedia in that. <laughs> What's that? In in the Wikipedia handout for fitness, the definition of fitness is like a whole ton of uh, literature connected to sophistry. Yeah, just can you imagine if like we just uh, we went to the fitness industry Wikipedia and like it just one word sophistry. Mm-hmm. Speaking of which, have you ever been to a uh, side note related to that? Have you ever looked up uh, uh, naturopath in Wikipedia? No. Oh boy, yeah. <laughs> Be. Okay. Be, be ready for uh yeah like you know and, and again you it, know, it our, makes sense before i yeah. even get there it makes sense yeah. you know, pseudoscience yeah. and all the rest of that but yeah um you know philosophy some would say is the ultimate bs detector that's that's kind of what it trains you to do it trains you to critically think and look at things and and ask critical questions like <laughs> surefire way to test your theory is come give a talk at a philosophy colloquium and have the uh, philosophers just like yeah. pedal you with questions. Uh, so yeah. one of my professors uh, used to say that no one would ever want him on a jury once they found out what he what he did, because he could just poke holes in yeah, exactly. they're putting forward. Yeah. So that's that's the connection here is whether you're a philosopher or have a philosophy background or not, these tools that we're talking about can help you detect BS and. Um, get somewhat of a grip on, you know, critically thinking about what you encounter. Yeah. Yeah. I think about that. Uh, how many times, um, I acted as that role in the room, you know, to other coaches by just simply asking questions that I didn't even know the answers to, but, you know, like asking questions. I remember one of them way back was, um, is it possible that, we are doing snatches only because they exist as a movement, you know? So even asking that question to a particular audience certainly made me and all of them really just, you know, think, right. Think about those particular things as opposed to its utility and um, why it's present and what do we get from it? And instead of only seeing the flash, right. They try to find the base support and all the necessary things that go into it. So anyways, False ring muscle ups help you get out of a uh, burning apartment. I didn't even use muscle ups. You knew I could have. No, <clears throat> well, I'm going to use it because it exists, and you know, <laughs> CrossFit and uh, the muscle up has just as much utility as the snatch. So, when I'm getting my bag from when I'm 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 in, I'll have you know, James. When I was flying home the other day, I put my it. backpack on the ground, and I specifically got down into a uh -huh. knees forward, chest upright position, and I snatched it. All the way overhead, one swift mm -hmm. movement, clean and press, mm -hmm. and then I put it in the overhead. Yeah, yeah, without hitting someone in the seat. Yeah, exactly. Which the the, the FAA just uh, uh, on that note, I find interesting. Uh, the FAA just uh, asked for you know asked the public to give feedback, uh, which is the federal uh, aeronautical aviation. yeah aviation, aviation administration, and uh, so they asked, and they had like twenty five thousand plus comments of people saying. Yeah, the seats need to be bigger and more comfortable. <laughs> I just thought, what a, what a crazy, um, 
unfortunate uh, answer uh, back of, you know, and my Bernie always told me, um, be careful what you ask in surveys. Yeah. <laughs> you know, without really thinking about looking at it's, it's like, it's like, it's like they're, I don't know. It's like the, whoever the person creating these things in the FAA are like, yeah, we're such a healthy, small population, you know, <laughs> there's no way people will comment on needing more size on this tube that has these constraints up in the sky, you know, I don't know. I just find it, I find it mind blowing that they didn't think they'd get, it's like, Oh, look at this big surprise. We got 25,000 comments back that there's not enough room. And no one's willing to just have the conversation that seven out of 10, all the people in the room are just getting bigger. So, you know, of course they're going to ask for bigger seats. Anyways. Reminds me of the, uh, the famous Henry Ford thing that Steve Jobs used to quote, like, uh, if I had asked my customers what they wanted, they would have said a faster horse and buggy. <laughs> that's now, that's, I mean, that's one now, now, of course, I mean, dude, yeah. you know, one, one, one is, you know, uh, culturally absolutely right like people are getting big but there's a similar thing where like people's um mindset is within a particular realm without thinking kind of with a bigger bigger picture yeah so. yeah that's great um side note as i was on the airplane i was wondering how in the f does jay cutler or someone else go to the bathroom in one of these things like yeah my they, god i mean they definitely um, I, I guess they probably don't travel more than a couple hours and they double seat yeah but like just i mean just the i, I mean if that's, I, a, if that's legal i'm not yeah. i'm i'm not that tall but like like people who are like six foot who aren't even like you know uh overweight individuals like yeah i, I just don't know but either way yeah, it's tough to travel it's yeah tough to, tough to travel um, so just some types of misinformation here. I'm not going to go through all these, but just, just so you guys are aware of, you know, particular things, um, misuse of statistics, you know, a, a famous one that's used all the time is like, uh, you know, the proportion of storks that flew over America during the baby boom, you know, like, <laughs> right. Causation, you be the judge, right. Yeah. Or shark attacks and ice cream, uh, consumption. It's like, no, um, Obviously, those are uh, those are extreme examples, but there are other ways in which those can be used. Uh, misinterpretation, fallacies, cherry picking data, uh, groupthink, uh, information without a context, um, removing nuance, false rumors, uh, <laughs> fake news. Ugh, gosh, yeah, which I, oddly enough gets used by the people who, yeah, are propagating fake news, but hoax, propaganda, so on and so forth. So. Examples of disinformation, um, there's obviously, like you mentioned, you know, 1945 Berlin and earlier, um, you know, propaganda campaigns, um, things like that, um, that still take place today in uh, North Korea, where we're, we're looking to see if we can get a uh, OPEX affiliate opened. We're waiting we're, for applications. Yeah, we're seeing, we're seeing if we can uh, contact uh, Spray Tan Mussolini to see if he can connect us with the Kim Jong-un. Yeah, and we've sent uh, pigeons. Yep. We'll see what we hear back. But uh, but even just the other day, I, I'm not sure if you saw this, but, you know, there was an attack on uh, Paul Pelosi that was meant for Nancy Pelosi. And, you know, this was a real legitimate thing that happened. And, you know, the guy was going to tie up Nancy Pelosi and uh, break her kneecaps. Hostage. What's that? He said he was going to break her kneecaps. Yeah. 
and you know then everything came out of the work woodwork this was paul pelosi's uh you know friend is gay lover you know you know what i mean like just just the all all this stuff comes out of the woodwork to um you know try and um falsify a very yeah a very serious situation for for no 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 need so we we don't need to delve into the details of that but it's just an example you know or doctored videos um especially on uh on on social media so there, there there are lots of examples um of this yeah my gosh it's uh it's endless actually yeah uh you know which which raises, I, I guess, the point of what I was mentioning earlier. I'm not not sure at this point in time you have something more to add to that, but is just uh, trying to come up with, you know, I, I I don't know why I just say it out loud because I know there's no solutions to it. There's always going to be trade-offs um, in what you do, but I don't know what the remedy is to um, to to be to get like a, a wholesome amount like a large amount of american citizens to become just a little bit more patient you know and more calculating in uh in in the information because they're, they're you know what i'm saying like everyone's all on the speed you know and they're and they're all doing it you know a lot of people are like doing it really quickly and even like if you go from the the highest amount of those uh you know um nefarious individuals right you're just trying to pump it out regardless of what it means and then you get down a little bit below that right and i don't even know how to classify where that is because even quote unquote media in the in the normal form of media let's call it legacy media today um is is you know new york times washington post wall street journal cnn fox etc like all across the board there there's still a lot of like speed and the individual is a wash, right? And then down below that, you know, there's the loss of the community information, which is meaningful to that actual person in their geographical location. You know what I'm saying? So there's this huge filter. And I know just a lot of people are not, you know, sitting back. So my my whole point just to raise up again is I'm not sure what the remedy is uh, for it. Maybe just the conversation of what the remedy could be for fitness. We could pull out some principles that people could use in that. But I think the answer is simply going to be, you know, people just have to like uh, think a little bit more about what's going on. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I mean, I think I think it's something that's existed probably for all of human history in one form or another. It's just it's exacerbated now with the speed of everything. But patience, critical thinking, um, you know, uh, it's it's famous throughout human history that, you know, whether it's the Salem witch trials or what have you, like rumors and hysteria get spread. It's just that now the speed of it is so much quicker and you know any great tradition whether it's you know shaolin kung fu or what have you it's like patience grasshopper you know yeah. like, you know work your way through the you know the steps before you uh come to a conclusion so with you know beliefs today and things traveling around the world at light speed you know it, it's 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 not a sin to take a day or two to think about something and say like huh you know, let me let me research this a bit more before I, I pronounce a, a strong judgment or make an extraordinary claim like that's that's not a sin or a bad thing in a culture of immediacy. I think that is an important thing to remember. Yeah, um, I also think about uh, how over the past couple of years, especially with vaccine mandates, um, a number of people, you know, that that's where it becomes a little little darker or hard to to um, 
accept, you know, my point and your point on that, you know, because some, some people really felt that they had to make these decisions. Let's just call it, you know, and this will become a little bit more factual in another six months, 12 months, 18 months, 24 months, whatever. But, you know, for young people uh, under the age of 18, let's say, and I'm just being very kind to it under the age of 18, um, having to take a vaccine, you know, see I'm saying back to that point in time, in some cases, some people in society uh, couldn't be patient on that, where they couldn't be like, well, let's really think about this now. Let's really think about this. So it's very hard to be patient on something like that. Um, in our example, where, you know, how much does it affect me? You know, really, if you know, I was just to think about it for myself around the information about Paul Pelosi, how much, you know, it's like, I, I can be patient with that. I can wait, I can wait nine months, right, to figure something out. And I say that all as well, you know, knowing that I'm not voting, right? And I say that because, you know, it's, it, you could obviously see the, the vitriol that came from that particular thing, because everyone who has that coercive part to play in what's going to happen on November, November 8th. Yeah. Yeah. November 8th. Right. You know, everyone kind of like, you know, they see the Paul Pelosi thing and then they go, eh. you know, so it's like, how can we do it for our guy? You know what, yeah. what we need to say for our guy right now. So that that's, uh, Anyways, I just bringing up another point based upon the vaccines and for younger people, et cetera, that's in some cases, um, I don't know, maybe I'm just saying that I'm empathetic that it, to the individuals that are also forced to, you know, uh, forced to whether social coercion or social, you know, um, uh, yeah, being forced to do things, you know, um, that they can't be patient on. Any thoughts on that or other examples maybe that are less, less challenging? Um, no, it's a good point. I don't know if you noticed, but as you mentioned that, like our internet connection got cut. So, uh, no, I'm, I'm just, I'm kidding. Like, uh, like the overarch, like the overlords, uh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. Uh, at least, at least I hope not. I mean, you, you never know. Um, no, I mean, but no, but I think it's, I think it's a fair, it's a fair, uh, point in the sense that like, what do you do when there's this urgency around a particular thing? And like, you know, where, where does patience fit in, in that particular context where there's urgency around a particular thing and then there's, you know, mandates around it. And, um, so yeah, I think, I think that point is well taken. I think, um, it, I think for, for most, for the vast majority of things that we might encounter, you know, patience, um, can be uh, a virtue, but there, you're right. There are things that maybe require a bit more, um, immediacy in terms of like how do we how do we act given this situation and what may be um occurring i guess all i was trying to say is that um in a culture today that tends to shame people for not having an immediate judgment on something um you know it's it's okay to critically think and to um you know have patience and again i i, I really don't I don't think it's anything different about humans. You know, I think, I think back to like Socrates, you know, being, you know, sentenced to death, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, it, uh, it's, it's just that the speed at which it's happening is different. It's just amplifying all these, you know, sort of um, potentially negative things about humans, which, which makes it all the more important today to, you know, um, 
do your research as much as possible, critically think, extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. And that's not perfect. It's just, it's just a series of tools. That's just, uh, you're not going to get it right. It's going to be difficult. But yeah, but it is perfect. That's, 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 I think where it is perfect, you know, that, that, and that actually is the remedy, but I just keep falling up against asking that question. How many people are actually going to take the time? You know, not and outside the vaccine one, because I think that, that's, you know, material versus immaterial world. And but I'm I'm totally agreeing with you, by the way, on the thought. Right. If it's a if it's a thought. Right. And we'll just use the example again. Uh, there, there was something nefarious going on with Paul Pelosi being some, you know, in a relationship with this guy that entered the home. Right. It's like th that's a thought. You know what I'm saying? Um, but that's not leading to public policy for me to make a decision in two weeks. Right. You know what I'm saying? So. Yeah. Yeah, I, I totally absolutely. agree, but I just, I don't know, maybe, maybe it's just me. That's my, my temperament that I, uh, I, um, I just can't see, I can't see, I can't see a future of space for a lot of people for contemplation. I can't see, um, the promotion of that. I don't see it, uh, as a, as a base support that's inside of young minds today to learn about that. You know, I, you know, I just use my personal examples again, only because of that my girls learn about critical thinking skills in my home at the supper table. They're, they're not getting that in school. They're actually not thinking, uh, they're think they're thinking they're, they're, they're being told what to think, not how to challenge thought even in what they call socratics i was like oh interesting tell me about what goes on there right my daughter explains this to me i'm like you're, you're not learning how to think in those situations right and she just doesn't get that yet but we're working on it anyways that's my i don't know that's my uh I'm totally agreeing with the remedy that i think is in place for that but yeah and i, I don't i don't disagree with you really at all i mean i think it again it tale as old as time right you know how many people believe socrates and plato like i i think just like anything in life it's it's hard and you know how many people do the hard thing how many people you know yeah successfully stay healthy for the rest of their life and vital how many people yeah. successfully financially save how many people you know put in the work to have a good relationship you know what i mean like yeah. there are all these different things so i i think but i but i that being said i, I you know i i personally don't think it's hopeless i, I do think there are those who will you know, uh, listen, you know, among our audience and to other podcasts and things like that, who are seeking, who, who do want to be better and who, you know, do, uh, want to think more critically about things. Um, but as a broad social thing, yeah, I, I generally agree with you. I, you know, may, maybe something will change at some point, but yeah, I, I do agree. Yeah. Yeah. So. No, I, I, I'm glad you clarified that because it brings me back to what I always discuss in terms of the minority. So no, yeah, I, I, I don't think it's hopeless. I think it's hopeful, but I think it's hopeful for a very, very, very small percentage of the audience. Yeah. But I, you know, but I, I, and I think the important point to remember there is like, well, unless we somehow alter human nature, which may happen in the next hundred to 200 years, um, it's, it's, you know, people's responsibility. Like, do you want to, do you want to do the work? Do you want to you know, uh, reach out and, and try to learn these things. And those who do, do, and those who don't, don't or won't. So, um, you know, there yeah. is an element of responsibility and autonomy there to try and expand your mind as best, as best you can. And those who don't want to do it just won't. Yeah. And I think we are in a 
I think we are at this point in time, though, in a in a transformational age for human nature, just because of technology and information. You know, I think we are actually right in that time. And again, this is what my what I feel. This is what irks me is that 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 is just overwhelming people because people uh, perceive that they actually, you know, their identities and their whole material being now is stamped into the digital, you know, a digital digital platform. Yeah. And, and, and that actually is a fundamental change to human nature on a whole. Right. Uh, yeah. Because it's, it's pushing, if anything, it's all that is pulling people more away from a contemplation and thought. Oh yeah. Totally you know? agree. Yeah. Sorry. Just to clarify, I meant like uh, if someone were to engineer humans in such a way that they were to seek out critical thinking as the main way of, you know, asking things, but I, I see what you're saying de facto insofar as we have these technological changes, it's, it's pushing us in the opposite direction it's, it's amplifying these kind of uh a lot of these negative tendencies that have been ever present in human biology but just yeah. turn up to like a thousand yeah the joke the joke is we have apps for meditation <laughs> that says it all right anyhow this episode is brought to you by headspace <laughs> All right, so let's talk a little bit about fitness and misinformation. Um, you know, so <laughs> misinformation and disinformation play a role in fitness today. Is there ever more of a softball question that I've, I've yeah, posed? Yeah, but I think uh, I think it's uh, I think there's something in there though because if we go back to our definition of misinformation, I keep thinking about how all the mistakes that I made in my leadership yeah. or my teaching. You know. And uh, that that uh, makes me that makes me human, but that also makes me, I guess, understand that, you know, uh, like I say for uh, teach under teach, learn, move, create, contribute what you know, right? And what I mean by that is that you know along the way you're going to think you're going to know something, you know, i.e. that knowledge, which will be information you pass on to someone, but it could be over time looked back on as being misinformation, right? Because it was a mistake in what you know the prescription was right so uh i think there's you know we could we could go through a list but i think there's lots of let's call it uh honest actor intentions <laughs> inside of what i believe to be great information 10 years ago right yeah I say, I say that numerous times i've been through like five six iterations where i thought i knew everything you know in my career so yeah yeah, and I, I would tend to agree there, and you know that's. Um... But this, <laughs> yeah, that, that was one of the things I was thinking about. Like, is you know a, a central question is like in the fitness realm, and you know it's hard to survey and say exactly for all, but like, is it more a case of misinformation or is it more a case of disinformation? My intuitive, you know, back of the envelope armchair guess in the fitness industry is it's a lot more missed than this. It's not, you know, Stalin propaganda. I agree. Yeah. So I, I have levels, I have levels of understanding that goes in my head on that. And uh, it is paralleled actually to, and this is where my conversations come up about, um, you know, be very uh, intuitive or your sense-making skills around power and people trying to take power of knowledge. My, my, you know, seminal statement to open up the conversation at the summit. Um, but yeah, I totally agree with you. Really high percentages 
of that is is uh our mistakes you know at the level of let's say between coach and client amongst there in the fitness universe but right above that is that level of individuals who I would say are pumping that forms of information down to those groups. But they know though, and I know they know because I've been at that level. And I also know and looked around at that level um, that you're pushing that information down for the purposes of economy or, you know, capitalism or, you know, the other things you're going to throw inside of it that really seem virtuous, but, you know, so at the coach level, they're just like, they're just like listening. Oh, that information. Yeah, that totally makes sense. And you're telling the people, right? Telling the people all this information, you know, oh, you need to do a, you know, calorie tracking and just use this, this uh, logarithm for your daily energy expenditure. And it's, it's going to be like this, right? You see, but they're, they have good intentions, but above the chain, there's individuals who I think are promoting that information down, but they know. So their their motives way up there is to promote, you know, something um, to use your words, you know, extraordinary. It's it's to promote something that is uh, is out in left field, you know, quote unquote. So, anyways, uh, yeah, I, I'm agreeing with you. I'm just seeing it as a certain level. There's a, there's some people within the, you know, the this group that I come up with, this cabal. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That uh, uh, the, you know, the academia, journalism, government, media, like, you know, that uh, I think, no, I think they do know. And uh, I think it's like, do, 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 you know, a little people yeah. uh, sitting behind the, I can just imagine like some, uh, you know, Dr. Evil or something like that, like stroking the cat and just like, what will be the next fitness trend? <laughs> I mean, like. Uh, or like, you know, a cauliflower pizza or something like, you know, just like, yeah. what, what is, what is the next yeah. thing that will, uh-huh. uh, that will, that will strike the uh, yeah. health fitness industry? I know it'll yeah. be, uh, you know, surfboard fitness or whatever, whatever the next. Yeah. Is, yeah. Well, we've had some indirect examples of that, you know, over time where, you know, the, the wishy-washy that government has been, for example, on, um, you know, we can pick one, but we'll just pick uh, sugar, you know, um, you know, and I think over time we could look at that as one area. We know that there there is like kind of like a we're going to make all those the, the folks in the cabal twitch, you know, and, and you know, it is that because when the coaches and the people talk amongst themselves and figure out these things, right, like ultra processed foods and all this, you know, that's bad shit. And then you push it so hard back up, you know, they start twitching, right? And then there's like, oh, interesting. We can't have, we can't have people recommending that, you know, call on our scientists, right? Let's do some research on uh, calories as opposed to it. Let's move the, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. I, I think that, I think that there has been some indications we could put, we could pick on meat protein. We could pick on seed oils, whatever fats, yeah. you know, you could, you could pick on a bunch of things. Um that could be inside of that. So yeah. Anyways, I'm just saying out loud, I'm in agreement with you that I would, uh, would you agree, you know, to back up that statement again, to say that amongst the collective fitness engagement with coaches and clients, there's more misinformation than disinformation. Yeah. I would, I would generally agree to that. Yeah. I would, I would generally agree to that. And I, I don't, you know, as far as I'm aware, there's no like, Hitler or Stalin of uh, 
yeah fitness that's kind of uh pulling the strings but I, I you know i think you i think you bring up a good point there too it, it doesn't need to be uh you know joe coach down the block who's spreading misinformation about uh how you know stretchy band fitness or wh whatever is going to be the next thing yeah. it can be is it can be at these highest levels of um you know research needs funding and yeah. uh you know coke or something like that sponsoring a study talking about you know yeah. The, you know, these two were these two groups were camped at the same calories. Yeah. Um, but you know, uh different sugar intakes and soda and like there there are there are examples of those types of things where it's it's meant to, you know, talk about sophistry. It's using what is typically supposed to be a search for truth with no ulterior motive, figuring out what is in this particular case the best, you know, way for uh, humans to eat, let's say, from a scientific perspective. Um, and using those tools and money to say, well, you know, um, nah, it's just a matter of calories. You know what I mean? Um, so that, that, that's something to be, that's something to watch out for too, where it can come in the form of, you know, a, a research paper, uh, and this can be harder to detect. Um, but you know, there are things like that where, um, you know, there are attempts to confuse people, uh, to, for a particular end. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that that's parallel paralleling our point, I guess, earlier of my views on thinking about the public, you know, and because we're we and I and, you know, we have, you know, live a larger life show. I mean, that's just one like one point of us kind of like tiptoeing out into trying to move to the public, move to the public on information. Right. And so when I think about that with regards to public information, I just I just always get, you know, super pessimistic on saying, you know, well, how much again, it goes back to the like you said, um, uh, and my point on minority, right? Like how many people are actually at the public level really going to be able to, you know, even think critically about some of those things that coming from a coach is misinformation, right? but actually may cause more harm, you know, may cause more harm over time, even though the coach is a good actor, you know, um, yeah. just find that, uh, I just find that a dark hole. Yeah, no, it's, it's true. And, you know, I mean, there are gradations of difficulty here. I mean, just like there are with anything else, like, it's not like you learn these critical thinking skills and extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. And like, everything's just immediately obvious to you now. It's like, no, there, there are things that are very easy to rule out. And then there's stuff that's like, it's hard. It takes yeah. work. And even then you're not, you're not sure. And then you need to ask yourself practical questions. Well, if I adopt this belief, what practically, what, what does this, uh, you know, what does this mean? Yeah. Uh, and how my life is different and things like that. And so it's, you know, it, it, it's not always easy, but, um, but it is important to, you know, try to combat these things as best you can. Yeah. Um, just in terms of practical things, we, we mentioned this a little bit before, but to practical things people can do, you know, who are listening to this to kind of, um, you know, keep themselves uh, on top of things and avoid misinformation and disinformation. You know, we talked about staying informed, you know, reading, reading and learning as much as you can. Um, critical thinking, um, extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. Um, and then I think just a very good one for as a whole 
um, for everything with relation to health and fitness. You know, it's not perfect and it's not infallible. And it's not to say that nothing, you know, it, it, it can't be uh, contravened in some way, but an evolutionary framework. Mm-hmm. You know, like, again, if someone comes to you and says, well, you know, this uh, narrow toed, high heeled shoe uh, is, is going to, you know, help you, uh, you know, walk better, run better, or, uh, you know, again, this is kind of a preposterous example. I'm thinking, I'm trying to think of a better example that's easier, but like if someone says, well, uh, you know, I mean, I guess there are some people who are like, oh yeah, two hours of sleep a night, you know, I, I can, I can do it. And if I have these, you know, beats going binaural beats and, you know, what have you like, that's, that's the equivalent of eight hours of sleep, th- th- things like that. Um, that, uh, or if someone is saying that, uh, you don't need any animal protein for sufficient, you know, micronutrients and, th- and, and things like that. Um, just always keeping a evolutionary framework in the back of your mind of like, does this make sense within this context? And if it doesn't, you know, it, it's at the very least, it's worth withholding judgment until mm-hmm. you can research and find out more. So yeah, is there any other word we can use? I'm just trying to think of the uh, individuals that probably, you know, will, will immediately just shut down after hearing the word evolution. Um, but they are willing, quote unquote, to try to figure out what does make sense to them, as opposed to like, what are, what are the time tested traditional things that kind of led us to these understandings? Um, yeah, I'm sure I mean, if you have a word, you know, besides just like, well, it just doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Yeah, I don't, I don't like to use that one. So I'm just, I just try to think of because I try to think of, you know, um, the some that would just answer back. Well, it's just God's plan. And so, you know, I just, you know, and I, I don't eat meat protein because this is what I know, you know, because it comes it comes into this, you know, uh, what I think the the remedy would be is you got to know yourself first. Like you have to know like how you're influenced, how you obey, how you were taught, how you get things right. And, and uh, you have to know that about yourself first. And then you can say, well, if it, you know, Oh, this is what I think about this particular topic because I know this is how I'm influenced or this is how I understand things. Right. And I don't think that a lot of people, you know, get to those steps because they're told. And I just use the example of religious thought, you know, as being one. It's like, no, this is what you're going to believe. It's like, okay, <laughs> this is this is how it all works, right? So, anyways, I just I just thought about using a different terminology. Um, no, it's it, it's a good question. A, I mean, I've I've got a couple off the bat, although this is something I've increasingly thought about, and maybe it's influenced from our conversations where I'm just kind of like, um, you know, maybe, maybe it's the, the James side of me. That's like, uh, no, nah, just, you know, it, it is what it is. That's, that's one part of me, but you know, the other route would be, uh, ancestral, traditional, natural, uh, you know, what did, you know, our great grandparents or great, great grandparents do, you know, we, we yeah. can do it in that framework. Thanks. Yeah, and that, 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 that is usually what I do. Although I, I increasingly, I, I kind of go towards like, am I, my, is is that misinformation? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. uh, find find me uh, something to think about if if you are from that, you know, if you are from a religious uh, background, um, you know, just just you know, think about, especially in the health and fitness realm. This is this is an important point, I think. 
um, what unites, we, we talked about this on the, um, uh, what was it? I think it was the fitness and science episode. We were talking about explanation and prediction. So seemingly unrelated facts, you know, squatty potty helps you poop. Walking barefoot, you know, is, is better for your posture and overall walking mechanics. We should go to sleep when the sun goes down. Um, you know, we're meant to eat food from the ground that's minimally processed. Uh, we should walk and lift rocks. Um, you know, if there's if there's another explanate explanatory framework on offer, I'm I'm happy to hear it. But that's that is one of the you know major powers of kind of the evolutionary framework is it's able to unite these seemingly disparate points of information together into a whole and say, ah, well, now we understand like why. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, just, a, just excellent. A yeah. No, that's great. That's helpful. Those words were already inside, but I was just trying to think of, uh, uh, an audience listening in that is willing, you know, to consistently have those, those critical thinking pieces. Right. Yeah, And, that, um, and that's okay. Honestly, too. I mean- and also, um, you know, anyways, they wouldn't be listening if they weren't in that bucket, right? Where they're willing to like contend with some of those, uh, uh, some of those questions. Yeah, and and believe me, I've I've you know both in my undergrad and grad years, I've I've had it very much in reverse, where like I'm I'm listening to a podcast or doing something like that, where it's a, it's a very different framework, but I'm I'm learning new things and critically thinking, and yeah. so yeah, um, it's painful though. Oh yeah, oh, <laughs> it, 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 it is. <laughs> I just. Uh, we was have to talk about it because it's inside of that. See, that's the thing too. It's it it is actually hard, and it's hard work for heterodox uh, opinions and heterodox th- thought. You know, because I still, you know, I still have to. <laughs> I just look over there. I still have to read uh, "Eating to Extinction." I still have to read "Burn." I still have to read uh, "Combat Ready Nutrition." I still have to, I've, I've got to read, um, you know, I got to read all that stuff, you know, and as I'm reading through it now, I'm taking little notes in the side and I'm, you know, think I'm just thinking to myself, you know, I should just put this book away. Right. But I don't, you know, I don't. So again, it comes back to that. uh, It's hard work. So I appreciate that for the language of what traditionally or naturally has occurred that can allow us to, again, just take some time to make sense of things. So I appreciate that. Yeah, no problem at all. And I mean, the point you just made is an excellent one. And it goes back to what we were talking about, about like how many people are going to adopt this. And it goes back to something um, Sam said in his presentation at the um, at the summit, you know, and again, you know, time tested wisdom. Many of the best decisions in life are first order. I forget if he's characterize as first order disadvantageous or negative or what have you and second order positive or advantageous and many of the worst decisions in life are first order advantageous or positive seemingly you know uh a night of you know drinking or blowing a bunch of money or what have you uh and second order you know disadvantageous so unless again human nature fundamentally changes we are very much as a species drawn to, you know, immediacy, mm-hmm. which in our particular, you know, historical framework served a particular role, but in today no longer serves it. So with regard to critical thinking, you know, to your point, it is painful. It is first order yeah. disadvantageous or negative, and it's hard to read things that you disagree with. And that's 
kind of why it's hard for most people to engage with those things. So. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's like uh, me paying an extra amount of money for a larger seat on a plane now. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> that's an example of it. It's yeah. that's reality. You know, going to ask the people what they want, but no one's asking the bigger question on why everyone's bigger. So, yeah, let's have let's have that conversation. Uh, anyways, no, it's a, it's a it's a fair point. Um, so obviously with the first question that we talked about, you know, it's, it's pretty easy and straightforward. Yeah. There's a lot of misinformation in fitness, but I think, you know, a couple more interesting questions, you know, what, what do you see as the role of like a fitness coach in combating misinformation and disinformation with relation to, you know, their clients, other coaches, um, the collective, things like that. Yeah. I think the first thing that comes to mind on that is, is again how challenging it is uh like i always discuss the the pressures that are on the coach to know today is really high right because the pressure coming from the client is for them to know but as you and i know it takes a long time in coach in a coaching career to actually know things right it doesn't mean you're going to do a lot of bad shit but it you I mean it takes a long time to know things so i think about that with regards to, you know, with the coach, you know, for example, they could honestly change their mind on things every two years for good reason, right? For good reason. Because why? Because of experience and downloading knowledge and working with people and kind of getting that, that, you know, those, those, the kinks out, let's say. Um, so combating it between coach and client, I find it, I find it really difficult because, the, the client will just basically go somewhere else if if they're challenged way too early on their their thoughts on what is right and what is wrong. Does that make sense? Totally. So, so that's a, so, and then to, when you play that story out, a lot of coaches are like, yeah, James, you know, like I hear a lot back room, right? Or at conferences, right? Yeah, that's just not realistic. I'm not going to go to my client and be actually able to hold a business and say that. I just can't, you know, and they're being honest with that. And I actually believe them, <laughs> you know, so there are some, there are some difficult things in that. So I guess the, the, the way that you do it is you, is you probably create expectations in the relationship right from the get-go that we both don't know everything and that we are in this together and we're, we both are going to learn as we go, but here are the roles that we're both going to take in that. I'm going to try to give you as much positive uh good actor knowledge right on what's best for you and in turn you have to of course challenge me but also take the responsibility of trying to see how this upgrades you right and we can even write it on paper next year i may tell you that potatoes are going to kill you <laughs> and you have to be okay with that you know what yeah. i mean like the learning is gonna is gonna be open to it so um, I think in the end, uh, conversation is what's going to combat that conversation. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a lot of the ways that um, I think good relationships, real relationships, that's what will combat it. Yeah. I think good conversation relationships are one of the main ways to combat misinformation and disinformation. It's a way to, you know, I think one of the roles of uh, or one of the things a coach or a teacher or mentor can help do is, you know, help 
someone sort through some misinformation that they might be hearing in, in fitness about, you know, a certain diet that they should be doing or a certain Money. Know, battle ropes and, and things like that. And yeah, uh, I just put down that I, I, I forgot about, it. I take coaches through this, right. Uh, in order for them to gain uh, knowledge. Uh, but this, this is what you could also offer to the client, right? So the client's going to be like, well, what's the best diet for me? And you could answer back, well, how about we start with a baseline knowledge of all the available ones that are out there and let's go head to toe, right? What are the pluses and minuses and unknowns of a carnivore diet? What are the plus and minuses unknowns of being vegan? What are the pluses and minuses and unknowns of the standard American diet? What's the, you know, and let's go through that. And then now they're going to gain a whole ton of information as we actually go through it of like, holy crap, I didn't know that carnivore actually meant that, you know, I didn't, you know, I love having, you know, I didn't know fasting meant that. <laughs> I, I love eating three times a day. Like, why did not want to do that? It's like, okay, can we check that one off? You know, right. so I think that's probably a way we can go through it. So that you because then I'd see at that point, I'm not saying, listen, I hold the card carrying liver king carnivore uh t-shirt you know um yeah so that may be it in nutrition no i yeah no i completely agree and like you know pointing out to the client this is a discussion i've had like okay out of 20 meal 20 to 21 meals a week how many are home cooked like irrespective of vegan irrespective yes. of carnivore like yeah you know let's have the diet conversation but like are you even cooking any meals yeah are they from ingredients yes um let's 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 start there with uh with our yeah. conversation and then we can you know let's let's get first order like are you even cooking food yeah. at home and then uh you I know like that too the basics first get the basics the agreement on the basics first yeah, right. um, but maybe use it without them being a part of it. Just say just general human basics, like you mentioned of uh, pooping and, uh, you know, walking, et cetera, just the basic stuff. Yeah. Right. And I mean, you mentioned a really good one with uh, fasting. That's a regular conversational habit. It's like, well, every human, if we imagine, a, you know, 7 a.m. to, you know, let's say someone has uh, breakfast at uh, 7 a.m., let's say, and then they have dinner at, uh, 5 p.m. Okay. Well, everyone is intermittent fasting or, you know, even extend that to a 7 a.m., uh, 7 p.m. And we say, you know, it's a 12, 12. Now the question is, well, it's like, oh, I didn't think about that. Well, now the question is, well, is now changing that to an 8, 16. Mm -hmm. Is that sufficient to really have these super important metabolic effects? And it's like, well, is it, you know, that that kind of conversation? Yeah. Yeah. I love that kind of conversation with, I love seeing the aha moments on their face, right? Where they also start recognizing as we continue down the conversation of uh, like how they're being marketed, right? How all the options are out there and they get these like aha moments that you could just, you could just see they're, they're gaining steam right on their own confidence and knowledge around how to do things for themselves because they know the quote unquote disinformation coming down the pipeline Right. And the background nefarious actions of those people trying to sell them something. I love that uh, between clients. Yeah. yeah. And that's the way to get them there to get there. Right. We all want clients to get to get it and to get there. <laughs> what is it and what is there? It is the information. And there is that concept that we want to provide for their autonomy. Right. And they're only going to get there through that. Uh, that uh, the conversation around, uh, like you said, the basics and some of those things that. Uh, 
we've observed and have humans have been participating in. Yeah, absolutely. And I know we've discussed this once before, but it's probably relevant here. You know, we've talked, you know, um, we talked about, I think, on the morality episode, there's this scale from like uh, impermissible, permissible, obligated or required in terms of like what you should do morally. Um, and I think, you know, you've made the argument before that uh, not not only is it permissible for coaches to combat disinformation, but on a certain level, you, you think it's, you know, required or morally required. Uh, do you want to say a couple words about, about that in terms of the role of a coach in, in combating misinformation? In the fitness um, I think you're going to have to frame it uh, again for me in a different way so I can understand what you're asking. Yeah. So yeah, sorry, let me see if I can do a better job. So okay. uh, basically what I'm asking is, so in, insofar as we've been talking about misinformation and disinformation, and now we're talking about the role of a fitness coach in relation to that, um, do you think that the fitness coach ha has an obligation to go out there and try to combat misinformation and, and disinformation to like actively try and go out there and say like, yeah, what, what Sally Sue is saying about uh, carnivore or vegan is, yeah. uh, is, is not the right way to go about things or fitness. Or yeah. Things. I still feel the same way about that. We use the terms of, you know, criticize bad ideas as well as like, or so, sorry, I would say criticize with care, you know, but I keep going back to my point I made earlier. Um, it's easy to say, you know, it's easy to say. And I, I certainly think that coaches are obliged to that, but uh, there's some realities in terms of business, right. That you, you, you could lose people with, with that, um, you know, and, I just hear more and more about that. It doesn't mean I still don't think that coaches are still obliged under the doctrine, right? The coaches oaths to, to do those things. Um, and I think it, I think we, I think there could be a, a, a management of that through language and communication, Robbie. Like I think people could actually, you know, criticize with care. They could, they could say, well, let's have a conversation on that, you know? Um, and I think that could find a nice balance, but at the same time, you know, I just know humans uh, <laughs> and they're, they're coming in and they, they want to have this a certain way, you know, um, yeah. if they don't get it a certain way, then, you know, um, again, we're the ones to blame for that. We've set up the entire system, right? We created the fitness system in the nineties, um, that, uh, that put all these things in here. And so now we're going to have to contend with that. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I like I like the you know the the part criticized with care, like you know as much as you can, you know trying to be charitable to the other side. Maybe try to have a conversation first. You know, maybe maybe they're just not aware. I mean, we've all been in those situations where we're not aware. You know, give someone the benefit of the doubt, but you know if if uh, they still maybe persist or they're trying to sell supplements to your clients or something like that, yeah, you know, call them out. You know, be yeah. be honest about it. Um, so yeah, I, I, I like that, that idea of criticizing with care, especially initially and being charitable. And those who have that irk of, uh, blunt bluntness that they really enjoy, um, just to let you know, sometimes it does work as well. Like I have, um, I just spoke to, a uh, a, a lady who will go unnamed, uh, the other day of, uh, you know, coming back around and have a, having a discussion with me that she told me she was happy that I told her like, you know, circa 2014 or 2015 that, uh, that, you know, 
I just put it in different terms, that high intensity competition stuff, you're not going to have babies by doing that. You know, so that, that was blunt, right? We could have, we could have extended out like a six month conversation on misinformation, right? Or, you know, what I, I did not, or did, did know at the time. Um, and anyways, so the people that, you know, in, there are some cases where, you know, something you're going to know as a coach that for sure, you could still have that, like, let me, let me, you know, meet them halfway on this kind of area. But in some cases, uh, you may just have to like, you just got to speak it out. It's like, gosh, I don't, I can't see a workaround on this. I have to say it and I have to say it right now. Anyways, there's, there are those cases where those people are appreciative and it did take that many years to come back around, right. To be like, listen, you know, I really uh, didn't like you in, in different terms uh, for that, but I really do appreciate it. Um, anyways, I just wanted to make that point of some stories that are in terms of, uh, you know, as I say, once you know it in your head, you just may not have the technical skills or the competency to communicate that to people. Right. And that, yeah. that, that's okay. You know, I think, I think that's a very good point. And uh, you know, it's, it's certainly an art in terms of the conversation. And uh, I don't know why this popped into my head. Did you, did you ever see the 40 year old version with Steve Carell? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so like a long while ago, I think like soon as it came out. So it's been a while. Yeah. I mean, there's just that famous scene where he's getting like his, his chest waxed and he's like, Oh, Kelly okay, like Clarkson. But I just, I just imagine like uh coaches just getting tired of it like oh god damn it keto stupid you know what i mean just like all the stuff that they've been holding in like uh uh oh, fuck uh, you know what i mean like just all the stuff that they've wanted to say to their clients but it just gets like yeah off so uh well uh, t-shirts and symbols and like slogans on the wall could fix that right yeah i mean it can it it, it kind of sends the um you know not to uh not to uh dig into that but the first thing i think about is just the uh um you know these massive cathedrals you know that were built on belief and the symbols inside of them you know you get people inside and you do it with repetition and you do it with some nice music <laughs> i mean what am, i'm talking about a gym right it's like basically these symbols and music and everyone together and repetition and you know you can get them into believing something that is the best transition I have ever heard to our OPEX North Korea. Yeah, I set it up. I set it up. Eat us up. So I guess to finish just us up. Obey. Just, just obey. You know, just that's obey. what the t-shirt will say. OPEX uh, Scottsdale, just obey. Um, you know, Puke, Pukey the Clown isn't around anymore. We need some new, we need some new right. symbols. We do. We do. Yeah. So uh, I guess the last thing to discuss today, you know, fitness collective with regard to misinformation and disinformation. We, and we've we've talked about this before in terms of like uh, liberty and fitness and whether there should be, you know, with like MDs and JDs, you know, there are kind of these legal requirements to call yourself something like this. So, you know, on one end of the spectrum, when we talk about information and disinformation, there's the um, I'd say the current approach, at least today in America, which is, you know, what, a thousand flowers bloom, you know, a bajillion podcasts um pros here free speech avoid dogmatism cons it's a jungle to wade through of distractions the other end of the spectrum opex north korea a government or a uh you know institution uh imposes a certain fitness regimen as uniquely beneficial and calls out other viewpoints as you know well i mean they could go really far and be like they're banned or outlawed or something like that. So, uh, and any thoughts on that spectrum in relation to misinformation and disinformation and where we're at in our conversation? Yeah. No, I know. I love revisiting it, you know, cause I, um, and with your help, you've certainly helped me navigate through that idea, you know, uh, and we, 
I guess it's kind of it's kind of dark, but we joke about it. But you know, in the background, if it's not joking, um, I I actually do just so I can replay that out. I actually do think that there is something inside of that authoritarian totalitarian concept of these basic premises, right? That I speak of, of um, you know, move every day, eat real food, and and learn and adapt. I think you know that could be a simple remedy to to look you know to to work through all the masses you know just just so yeah just follow instructions just obey what these things are and everything will be handed to you now of course when it's so simple in words it could seem that way um but of, and of course that get colored and of course it gets individualized and etc but you know um anyways i'm always glad that you we bring it up and we always can come back to thinking about it. Cause I do think that um, at the end, if, if that, if that idea is there, that again, this is just my view on it. I'll repeat it. The idea is there that it's not that difficult to acquire knowledge of getting people to be autonomous, you know, and, and if you just, if you of course put all the steps together to that and then you just look around as to what current society is, yeah, it does end up either being two options. One, there's no such thing as fitness and fitness education. And then, or two, there's these quote unquote, you know, OPEX North Korea times, you know, 1 million around the world that uh, people just, you know, step inside and, you know, uh, etc. So I don't, I don't Yeah. This is playing in the background is the only thing that they can listen to. Yeah. Yeah. There's only raspberries and like free range pork, you know, available. And anyways, I'll sign on, you know, back from my days of, uh, coaching, I'll sign on to OPEX North Korea. If no client can ever ask for the, the station to be changed again, and there's just one station. It's the fitness and philosophy. podcast. <laughs> Fip rolls. Oh if, man! If there's no more complaining about the music, uh, you know what? You sold me. <laughs> I'm done. Oh gosh, you just brought me back to a world of pain. I appreciate that. How many years went by? Um, <laughs> that was also another statement I made. You know where? Um, I think it was in Sweden. Anyways, because I can remember looking out into the audience, right, and seeing people. Um, uh, where they were like, oh, how do how do we solve this this question or this thing, right? And I proposed the idea. I was like, you know, people don't have to work out in a group. <laughs> and then was like, <laughs> you know, the eyes start cracking, and you know, <laughs> I'm laughing because I can still see everyone's faces. Where as I said it, I was like, uh, not right now. This probably has to come back. Yeah. I'll retract that statement. <laughs> Here's how you could probably remedy that. But there's so much pain in that, right? Um, yeah. Oh my gosh. Someone had an aneurysm. and uh... <laughs> No, but I, th I think you make a number of good points and to, I guess, go back a little bit to what we talked about in the Liberty and Fitness episode that I think that I think is important to, you know, keep in mind in this discussion is, you know, I had these two stark examples of like Thousand Flowers Bloom, OPEX North Korea, it's, it's outlawed. But as we talked about in that episode, there you know there are important uh, gradations that we can talk about. You know, whatever else one thinks of imposing at the societal level for adults, once they've reached the age of reason, you know, past eighteen, let's say, 
um, you know, there are legit discussions about, you know, kids and physical education. We, we do think generally as a society that there should be, um, you know, some, whether one calls it imposition or education, you know, these are the things that a kid needs to know. And uh, it's not that you outlaw them doing uh, orange theory after they leave school, but you say like, oh, here are the, here are the things that you should know while you're in school and, you know, connecting to your, you know, idea of, uh, you know, what would physical fitness education look like if by the time they were 18, they knew what to do. So what, what I'm, what I'm trying to highlight there is that, you know, one, not one need not just throw up one's hands and be like, Oh, you know, it's either OPEX North Korea or misinformation and disinformation, a thousand flowers bloom. Like we can have legit discussions about, um, uh, you know, at the kid level, uh, in particular, what sort of things would we educate or, you know, talk about? And we certainly wouldn't outlaw the things afterwards per se, although James, you might want to do that, but, uh, but, you know, we, we can talk about that. The other thing is even at the adult level, whether, you know, if you say in a modern democratic pluralistic society, we can't impose these things. It could be the case that at the governmental level, we have, you know, factual statements about what nutrition should be and about what fitness should be. That while they may not, you know, it's not outlawed or banned to do otherwise, like, you know, there's a stance. Yeah. Those are those are middle grounds that I think are worth talking about that aren't, uh, you know, that fall short of kind of the the top end extreme example of an OPEX North Korea. Yeah. Again, this is the positive thing around philosophy inside of fitness. Right. And what our jobs are to do is just to raise these ideas and conversations so that people can also have these conversations right because it's not going to be had otherwise um no matter what we come up with even if it's uh, even if it disgusts you to think about that for opex north korea we're not going to we're not going to turn our way from discussing you know the the, the pieces that are right next to it right because the, the the reality is you know especially for our audience and where we are we're in america and we're free to eat shit we're free to treat ourselves like shit and we are free to uh to learn a whole bunch of bullshit for our entire life, right? So, hey, that's that's the reality. Um, now, well, what to do about it? You hit on the point there of, you know, um, what do we owe for the future? I think in the original documents, you know, to bring that into play, on the original documents under We the People, for things that we place inside a c- civilization that we're responsible for, for posterity, right, for the future. Right. So I think that not only just for children or for the future, those are the things that, again, it becomes uncomfortable. But we, you and I and everyone, we have to have conversations around this. Right. Why? Why are we afraid to have conversations on people eating Doritos just because they're free to eat Doritos? You know, like that, that to me, that's that's not that's not civil. That's also not um, higher order. In society, you know, we we need to ask more of individuals of themselves, not to like do more push-ups, to think about things, right? To to just uh, take a second, right? And to get outside of your own fucking head, right? And there's more to to you. There's more than just you, right? There's your future family, uh, or your current family, and there are some things that you could start with right there. Um, so. Yeah, I, I always, uh, you know, I, I'm, you know, I, I love the fact that I'm in America for that, 
you know, honestly, to just to look around and be like, hey, man, that's it, it's a good challenge. Back to your point to maybe summarize this, the principles people can take away. It's fucking hard. It's hard to to make tough decisions. It's hard to think. It's hard to philosophize on these particular issues. Um, and, you know, you, you it's it's arguable, but not many other places in the world where you're going to be able to do that. Um, you may not like what the outcomes are, what's currently happening, but hey, um, you can you can do the work in the thought process or you can just complain, you know? Yeah, I think that's a very good point. And actually, it made me think of something, again, back to our Liberty and Fitness episode about, um, again, this this could be another middle ground, you know, going back to your point about Doritos, like, it's totally, you know, uh, we, we can say at the same time, you know, let's, let's, yeah, I think I use this kind of silly example that, you know, is often used, like, should there be any legal reason why an individual who's not a kid is required to wear, wear a seatbelt? No, probably not really. Or wearing a bike helmet? No, not really. Mm -hmm. Is it stupid not to wear a seatbelt? Is it stupid not to wear a bike helmet? You bet. Yeah. yeah. You bet. Yeah. Um. So we can do something, you know, just shy of, you know, we I think we talked about the Bloomberg example of like outlawing, you know, slushies over whatever, 72 ounces or whatever it was yeah. back in New York City and things like that. And then still... Uh, you know, like you said, it's it's a challenge, but it's also, you know, it, I, I, in a certain sense, I do think that's almost higher order there, even though it's it's harder. It's like, rather than just banning something because like, well, we say so, it's like, no, let's, let's see if we can like come up with good reasons why it is as a society, we shouldn't be engaging in that. It's, it's entirely consistent and compatible and short of an OPEX North Korea to say the government shouldn't be allowed to outlaw this practice for an individual over the age of 18 while still saying it is stupid for someone to do this activity. Yes. Um, like to make that factual, you know, judgmental like uh, claim. So the two aren't in incompatible. It's just uh, how one goes about it. Yeah. And there's, you know, there's a lot of money to be made on the next 20 years on, on technology and information, right? All the students that are going to be pumped out of school um, are going to be on a laptop and working with, uh, you know, ones and zeros, right? For for 20, 30 years. So this is the, this is again some of the the issues against the 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 future point, uh, you know, the future of those things, um, and how, you know, because and the reason why I bring that up is that you're we still have to your point the seatbelt thing. And I'm not sure how we you know came to that or or the timelines, but the timelines on kids getting fatter since 1971, I mean, that's 50 years, right? It, it's a 50 year escalation, quote unquote. So, I mean, and that's why I asked the question, you know, keep saying, and now we're going to have a whole ton of individuals that are coming out that are not connected whatsoever. And the reason why I mentioned the laptop is that they're not building homes or, you know, they're, they're not uh, shoveling shit or they're not like uh, throwing bales of hay. You know what I'm saying? Like it's so it's, we're, we're so far extracted over in that area it's going to be even more difficult in the future um to to your point of make people just go yeah but no seatbelts that's just fucking stupid <laughs> you know it's like yeah but doritos i mean it's gonna be like woof because the numbers are the numbers are uh numbers are not good and they're continually to be not good yeah yeah i think we have a couple of our next t-shirts um shovel shit and just obey. Taking it down. I'm going to write it down right now.
Yeah, because uh, I'll explain on a different episode, but shovel shit means more than just what people can think, you know? Yeah, it's uh, it's a metaphorical thing, too. Uh-huh. Um, all right. So, you know, just to kind of recap for everyone, uh, you know, today we finished off our couplet on information and dis- disinformation. Uh, we recapped a little bit of the discussion around information and uh, how it falls shy of knowledge, um, epistemically, um, how it's supposed to reduce uncertainty if it's the right information, but as we saw with misinformation and disinformation can increase it. We talked about the distinction between misinformation and disinformation, one having a nefarious intention and the other not so much, uh, the distinction between philosophy and sophistry, And then we talked about um, the existence of misinformation and disinformation within the fitness industry, the role of the coach in combating that, and, um, uh, you know, the fitness collective and uh, what we can do as a society to try and combat these things in the future. Yeah, great recap. Um, I'll end by uh, my my learnings. Um, You know, I have to... I have to use that uh, terminology for uh, natural, um, you know, because it, it there is some questioning inside a natural, like the, there's no, you know, small and natural. Um, there's right. some questioning in that, which is good, but it also, again, then I think it brings a whole bunch of more people to the conversation. Cause I think, you know, the, as a, my point uh, mentioned on evolution that immediately creates a quagmire in people's thoughts for like origins, you know, and, and they just can't see anything further forward. So I like that natural uh, concept. And um, I love the, the, the way that I am using miss and dis going forward here for the explanation for individuals. Um, also, it was a nice recap for me to remember, you know, some of the tools that I actually unconsciously use, but were good tools to help people get to an answer as to what is good information and what's not. And uh, hopefully coaches could listen in and they heard that and they could pass it on to people. Um, and again, just to, as a shout out, I'll throw some water over my shoulder uh, for my homies that are out there um, that are in the struggle and in the trenches, you know, uh, I'm, I'm empathetic to you, you know, I, I'm, I'm, but uh, if anything I could give to you, just just hold steady. I know it sounds cliche, but hold steady. And uh, there, it's sweeter on the other side. And let those people go if they're, it's, they're, it's not the right time for them to be confronted with something that's difficult to understand. You know, be okay with that. That's okay. It's better off for everyone. And I gave you an example of that of, you know, people coming back over time. And they're like, I really appreciated that because uh, I knew you were being honest with what you knew. You know, so anyways. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, honesty, critical thinking and patience are kind of in short supply today. So I can see, you know, a certain subset of people, not everyone, of course, uh, but really appreciating that. Yeah. And in terms of things I took away, I mean, a number of different things, uh, you know, I, I don't think I had ever thought of information in terms of where it sat on the epistemic hierarchy before, like where precisely in, in relation to knowledge, that was super interesting. Um misinformation and disinformation i guess i i really had uh i really had equated the two before i had uh heard that specific definition so i like i like uh that and then you know it was interesting to discuss the uh you know i think both of us in agreement that most 
most things in the fitness industry aren't necessarily nefarious. They're just misinformed, but there are nefarious actors. And then I especially liked at the end, you know, again, falling short of uh, OPEX North Korea, like there are legitimate discussions we can have as a society. Like we do say kids should learn certain things in school. Like there are public schools. We can say, even if it's legal for someone to do something, it is still stupid for them to do something. We can still say at the governmental level, we're not going to necessarily ban orange theory, but maybe we have some, you know, truths around like, Hey, this is what fitness uh, should be or what nutrition should be. So like all of those things are compatible with a modern democratic pluralistic society and are things we can still strive towards without saying like, we have to go purely author authoritarian. Yeah. So. Yeah. Or, uh, I was just thinking, uh, you know, I, uh, I'm not sure if I should mention it. If it ever happens, I'll certainly be in trouble. But anyways, here, I'm going to say it. Um, like, I get really excited about the idea of, you know, putting up some really kind sign and standing there for eight hours here in the Arizona heat uh, as people go through the McDonald's uh, lineup, um, you know, in terms of like even cost of broccoli and chicken versus, you know, and just stand there knowing full well, there's like, you know, five-year-olds who will connect the dots in there, right? Like, you know, indirectly, yeah. why are you, why are you poisoning us? Right? Like, I'm not, I'm not afraid of that, but just on, based on your point there, I think I may start with orange theory. I think that may be a little less intense yeah. um, of people being able to handle some of those real challenging thoughts. And of course the sign's going to change, um, but <laughs> it'll, it'll be more along, uh, you know, um, how, how about their pocketbooks as opposed to uh, uh, what they're doing. I think you're pretty thirsty for this hemlock, James. <laughs> you're like, man, you're, you're, if you want to be, if you want to be our generation's uh, Socrates, like, listen, I'm in control of all the stuff that enters my mugs and my, uh, my room and uh, the air that passes through the office. So you think, I mean, there are drones that are the size of paper clips that, uh, you know, this Greg is, Glassman could send your way. To. This is true. Um, anyways. No, I, I, I like that idea. Maybe, maybe, you know what, maybe that could be a. Uh, hey, I'll I, say it. If anything ends up happening, I said it today, right? I mean, it's, in, yeah. it's, it's out there now. It's in the ether. So can you imagine as like another piece of like uh photography or like uh, media for for the podcast if just the two of us like standing outside of mcdonald's with uh cost of broccoli cost of chicken like yeah uh, yeah don't, like. don't uh get me going on that i'm telling you i i all i need is uh is a couple of other individuals that are interested in starting that process like I'm, i'll tell you i'm not gonna lie uh, I even sat down and said this to myself. See, these are some of the things you just shouldn't tell, you know, you shouldn't come outside of your brain, right? Shouldn't enter your lips and, and turn into voice. But I was like, you know, two or 3 a.m. in the morning, um, I can go down there. No one will see me, right? I'll figure out over time where the, where the videos are, right? And I'll walk my way over in a dark suit and just plant a really kind, you know, flag, you know, right there where they go to check out that you cannot unsee, Right. Um, and I just thought about even things like, well, how many of them will I need knowing full well, someone who's out there earlier in the day will be, will be told, Hey, you know, don't you know, there's someone that has a sign on your entry driveway and they take it down. And then the next night I put up a new one, you know? So it's, uh, Hey man, don't, don't tempt me. 
I'll, uh, I'll start the process. Oh, I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm down. I, I have, I have no problems. I, you know, I've never okay. had a tomato thrown at me, but uh, yeah, it's the first time for everything. Yeah, it's uh, but it, it is funny for you know. Last point on this. It is funny though for contemplation. Maybe this could uh, segue us into a future episode. Maybe on, uh, um, now what what how would that be classified? You know, a He's conspiracy. Persistent. Yeah, conspiracy or or you know, well, conspiracy. I also think about the uh, the mad genius, right? The the um, I'm not sure how we can create you know an episode based upon that. That would be more than just you know, us talking about my, my crazy thoughts, but, uh, I mean, like, you know, is... the individuals that, you know, are actually doing those things with regards to activism, right. Ooh. But are perceived by a huge majority of the, of the, the audience as being a wacko. Yeah. But it's only for that 1% that they're like, well, that's not wacko. That's actually like going to move the needle on some things, right. Of knowledge. Right. So, right. No, I mean, I, I hadn't had this listed as an episode, but I actually think it, it could be now. Um, and don't worry, we're not going to go throw Campbell's on a Van Gogh, but uh, yeah. civil disobedience and fitness. Civil disobedience and fitness. I like that. Like, what are, what are forms of... Uh, yeah, you know, well, let's write the manifesto. What's that? You know, let's write the uh, activist manifesto. I'm here for it. <laughs> We're on our way. <laughs> Mlock, here we come. <laughs> oh, my. Thanks, Robbie. Yeah, thanks, James.